We're continuing in Yoshua, where we left off last time, which was what, Tuesday? With the, the mass Brit Milah that B'nai Israel performed. And once they completed the Brit Milah, God said, Behold, I have removed the shame of Egypt from upon you. And therefore, because of the word Galoti, as in removed, the place where they did this Brit Milah was called Gilgal. And it's retained this title to this day. We explain the significance of the of the Brit Milah, guys. So, um, so uh, this place became called Gilgal Adayomazah. The significance of the Brit Milah to the Koplan Pesach. We said these are both ways of connecting ourselves to the nation. Or to uh, another another interesting thing, by the way, about that is that the Quran Pesach is the slaughtering of the main of, of one of the main Egyptian gods. So it's like the Quran Pesach represents cutting yourself off from Egypt, and Brit Milah is like accepting the way of Abraham. You see that? So that's why they have to be done together because one is the, the negative; it's attacking Egypt, and the other one is the positive; is joining Am Israel. Okay. Now that Bnei Israel have done their Brit Milah, they also did the Qur'an Pesach, which we see. They do the Qur'an Pesach, so now they've uh, completed the entrance into the land, they've all gotten circumcised, and they've done the Qur'an Pesach. And now we seem to be ready for war, so Pasuk Yud Gimel opens up with us being, or getting ready to go to war. And it was when Yehoshua was in Yericho. So it was when Yoshua was in Yericho, he lifts up his eyes and he sees that there's a man that's standing right there. The man is holding a sword. And Yoshua says, are you on our side or are you on our enemy's side? He says, no, actually I'm neither. I'm not on your side. I'm not on the enemy's side. I'm actually a minister of the army of God. And Yoshua fell on his face, and he bowed. And he said to him, What is my master saying to his servant? So this guy comes, Yoshua sees a man holding a sword, and he says, Who are you? He says, Are you on our side? He's like, Actually, no, I'm an angel of God. He says, Oh, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to say to him, to us? He doesn't really answer. Um, he doesn't answer exactly right now what he's saying to Yoshua. All he says in the meantime is, Take your shoes off your feet. Because the place that you're standing is holy. And Yoshua did that. What do we, when did we see this idea before? Burning the burning bush. So maybe this is like Yoshua's experience of the burning bush where he's speaking to God. Moshe spoke to God by a burning bush. Yoshua speaks to God through a servant of God. So through a, an, an angel that looks like an army general. So again, as we said in the past, that How represents. Would Yeshua know? Like this is an angel. Oh, he said it. The angel told him. He said, "I'm, I'm a servant of God," but the language. He says. He says, "Here." Adonai Atabati. That that means I'm an angel of God. Sar Adonai. Who's the 
the general who's the general of the army of God who's not a Jewish general who's not Yoshua and then also the, the guy then tells him the angel then tells him take your shoes, take off. Your shoes off meaning we're in a holy place so who's he referring to he's referring to himself so the angel is Yoshua's kind of burning bush experience which is interesting why, why does Moshe experience God for the first time through a burning bush and Yoshua's initiation into Nebuah with God happens through an angel who looks like a general so possibly the, the Yoshua thing is because Yoshua that's, that's what he's all about meaning that's his nature he is an army general so whenever he gets Nebuah it's an experience he experiences an army general okay we said that before So, and then the, the problem with this, with this, uh, with the Sukim now is that the chapter just ended on us. The chapter ends in Pasuk Tetvav, which we just read. And the sixth chapter is, uh, starts with, And Yericho was completely closed and guarded from the Jews. There nobody could go in, nobody could go out, and nobody could come in. Meaning Yoshua was a heavily fortified That Yericho was a heavily fortified city So this Pasuk Is in the next chapter But in the Jewish tradition It's actually part of the, this previous chapter it's, it's, It comes right after Yoshua's meeting with the angel Because explaining that Yoshua that, that Yericho Is closed And is fortified Is going to lead us into what the angel says next Which is how they're going to attack it Okay so Yericho is completely closed And nobody could come out Nobody could go in And now the angel says And Hashem said to Yoshua Behold I've given in your hand Yericho and its king The strong men of Yericho How are you going to conquer Yericho? You will encircle the city You and all the people of war We'll go around the city one time. And you should do this for six days. Each day you go around one time. And seven Kohanim will take seven rams shofarot before the Aaron. Meaning one shofar per Kohen. They're not each going to take seven. Right? It's seven Kohanim will take one each. But on the seventh day, you will encircle the city seven times. And the Kohanim will be blowing on their shofarot. And it will be whenever you blow on the horn of this ram. When you hear the sound of the shofar, all the people will let out a big cry or a big blow of a horn. And the walls of the city will fall in their place and the people will go in into the city. I have a question about this. This is, a, by the way, this is all instruction. This isn't happening yet. This is the He's angel saying, saying to Yoshua, this is what you should do and this is what's going to happen. One of these seven days is Shabbat. The seventh one. The seventh one. I thought you're not allowed to hold a shofar or... So the work. Midrashim asked that and the Midrashim say, he who commanded... To keep the Shabbat, in this case, also commanded to violate the Shabbat. Meaning, if you're allowed to, if you're going to be allowed to violate Shabbat, is when God tells you to violate Shabbat. By the way, there was service in the Beit Hamikdash, which was also in violation of Shabbat. Like bringing up korbanot didn't stop on Shabbat. And how do you think they lit the fire or they cut up the animal? Or, 
So that, that's, it's, a, it's a question that comes up, but it's also it's a rule that there are a lot of violations of Shabbat which occur in, both in the Beit HaMikdash and in the battles, especially in the Battle of Yericho. And the Chachamim, their answer is, he who commanded to keep the Shabbat commanded in this case to not keep it. Okay? Okay, now, next. Pasuk Vav. So that was, that was the instruction from the angel. Pasuk Vav, Vaikra Yoshua Binun, we're on page 26. So Yoshua calls out to the Kohanim and he says to them, Take the Aaron that you've been carrying across the Jordan. Now take that Aaron and seven Kohanim should take seven shofarot of rams before this Aaron. So you have Kohanim carrying the Aaron and then you have Kohanim that are standing in front of the Aaron holding their horns. And he says to the people, cross and turn and go around the city. And the armed troops will pass before the Ark of God. So you have the Chalutz, which stands in front. Then you have the Kohanim holding the Shofar. Then you're going to have the Aaron. And then we're going to see the last group. So, when Yoshua would tell the people, the seven Kohanim that are carrying the Shofarot to go, they would blow on the Shofarot and the Aaron was being carried behind them. And then the, the Pasuk just then summarizes that the armed men would be in front, meaning the strong, probably strongest armed men, then the Kohanim, <coughs> then the Aaron, and then the Me'asef. What is the Me'asef? Me'asef is like the army that's standing in the back. Reserves. The reserves or something like that. Okay, so they, they were, that, that was the, the order of this procession. And Yoshua said to the people, do not blow, do not make any noise, do not sound your voices. Nothing should come out of your voice until I tell you that you can shout and you can make noise and you will be able to make those cries, make those noises. Uh, why, why is Yoshua so, so insistent on the people not shouting out prematurely? Yeah, it's very important that he follows exactly what's happening because this is all happening for a reason. There's a kind of... God wants, wants this whole takeover of Yericho to look a certain way to Am Yisrael. Now, if they go through with it and they follow the rules, then it'll have its desired effect, which we'll see what it is. But if somebody goes in early and shouts and gets a bunch of people excited and they go in and they attack early, then... First of all, uh, the most basic thing is that it's going to, they're going to think they did it themselves. If they jump early and they attack Yericho and they succeed, no, we didn't. And then they're going to say, we did it. So the point is to make it people, for people to wait until God does the work and only once God does the work, then they could attack. So if people were to cry out early, it would cause those issues. The Aaron of God went around the city one time and they came to the camp and they slept in the camp. So, that was it. That, day, one the, day one is done. Now, it's going to skip the rest of the days. So, you don't have to read what they did every day because it was the same for the next five days. Okay. okay? And Yoshua wakes up in the morning and the Kohanim carry the Aron, are carrying the Aron of God. 
ושבעה הכהנים נושאים שבעה שופרות היובלים בפני ארון אדוני הולכים הלוך ותקעו בשופרו והחלוץ הולך לפניהם והמסף הולך אחרי ארון אדוני הלוך ותקוע בשופרות and as we said before in that first day the same procession is happening with the חלוץ the כהנים the ארון the מאסף ויסובו את העיר ביום השני פעם אחת וישובו המחנה כה עשו ששת ימים they went around the city again the second time on the second day and they did this for six days and it was on the seventh day they woke up early in the morning they go around the city that day seven times and on that day they went around the city seven times and it was on the seventh time and Yahushua said to the people you can now blow your own horns or you can now cry out whatever that means because God has given you the city and the city should be separated and destroyed designated for God he, the, the city and everything that's in it only keep alive the woman that helped us because she hid the messengers that we sent and then finally the last thing Yeshua says all of you do not take any of the spoils of war keep away from the designated spoils lest you end up taking from the spoils and if you do take from the spoils you will make the, the, the camp of Israel you will bring it to destruction and you will make it disgusting or you will make it uh, you, will, you will mess things like, up yeah what? does it include like, like women and children? everything they didn't take any spoils no I'm saying but that's what, they, what it means by spoils or it's like, oh, like typically in money. typically in war it's going to be here money. it's referring more to the money and the monetary stuff but in war spoils of war include nashim vataf typically yeah so why is it why, why are they not allowed to take Ah, so there's a whole explanation. Uh, one more pasuk, I think. Yeah, all of the gold, silver, and the copper ornaments, and the iron, everything is, is holy and designated for God. It will come into the storehouses of God. Come into the treasury of Hashem. Meaning the Jews are not allowed to take anything. So what's going on here? It's, it's all a very strange... Uh, I don't procession. see it as strange. It's a message. If the Jews came in and attacked everything and then took all the spoils, the other nations are going to be like, hey, they're coming after your stuff. Let's gear up. If they come in and they leave everything behind, yeah, it's... But they, they didn't, but they also destroyed the city from beginning, like from top to bottom. Yeah. But so it, that would still cause people to gear up. But the purpose of destruction changed. When the purpose is for monetary value, it changes, and this is because this is our land, and God is on our side. So, so I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I, but I don't think it's as much for the the nations of of Kenan to see. I think it's for the Jews to see. I think this whole thing is a lesson for the Jews more than anything. Because what's the, what? How, why is it a lesson for the Jews? Because whenever I'm the one who put in the hard work and won the battle that I take the spoils because they're mine. Now what message am I sending whenever I don't even take the spoils and I give them all into the treasury of God? I didn't do the work. I'm saying I didn't do the work. God did the work. So what's the message that Am Israel in their first battle, what are they trying to learn? What is God trying to teach them? 
It's not you that's, it's not you that's doing the fighting. It's me. Now, in the next battles, I'm going to let natural things occur. I'm going to let battle take place the, the way battle typically takes place. I'm going to let you take from the spoils of war because that's the nature of things. But for the first one, you have to learn that even those battles that look like you're doing everything, those are actually just me guiding your victory. That's what God wants, wants the Jews to know. And now, based on that theme, the Yericho then becomes a theme of recognizing God. Recognizing God even in war. Right? So now look, what was, now if we assume that that's the major theme of Yericho, then what's all of the symbolism? What is the, the, the seven, 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 seven? There are sevens everywhere. There are seven Kohanim carrying seven Shofarot going around seven times. On the seventh day, you go around seven more times. It's a lot of seven. So what is seven? What is that number? Seven represents the seven days of creation. It represents the, the week. The, the seventh day. We sanctify the seventh day of Shabbat in order to do what? what what's the reason? Not to rest. Not only to rest. But what's the idea? What are we showing by resting on the seventh day? That, it, that we're attesting to the fact that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. So we're resting on Shabbat in order to talk about the creation of the world, in order to point out that we hereby affirm the fact that God has created the world in seven, day, seven days. So whenever we're going into this battle in which we're trying to attest to the fact that God created everything and, and the fact that God controls everything, at the same time we're attesting to the fact that God also created the world. And then that's why also the Chachamim say that the seventh day was the Shabbat. Why do they say seventh day was Shabbat? Because it fits in with the whole theme. The Shabbat is the day in which we attest to the fact that God created the world. And that's also why the, the whole point of Yericho is for us to realize that God is the one who leads us out to battle. That's all the symbolism. Okay? Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. Amen. Amen.